1: From doing some things that are not of earnest
0: report God servant delivers the word of truth with clarity simplicity and dexterity here is pastor francis Alban proclaiming god's mind to
1: you let's pray father we want to thank you we bless you for your presence we thank you for your word that's already anointed and is coming forth with power thank you in jesus name say a big amen today we are going to be learning about the responsibilities in the ordained garden. The two core responsibilities. So my topic for today is the first duty of loyalty. Genesis chapter two, verse fifteen. In Genesis two fifteen, the Bible said, "And the Lord God took the man." And put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Praise the Lord. Please take your seat. The Garden of Eden is a type of the church. In fact, that is God's perfect idea of the church from the beginning. Because everything God made from the beginning was perfect and is still perfect. So, why do I say the Garden of Eden is a type of the church? In Genesis 2 verse number 8, the Bible says that, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. The garden... Has a typo effect on the end time church. You see that God said, I will build my church. Then here the Bible said, God planted a garden. Praise the Lord. It's powerful. I will build my church. God planted a garden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. So God decided to put the man into an environment he God has created or had created for the man. And for me it's very important because we know that you don't join a church but God plants you in a church. So even though someone may have invited you to church, a program, something you listened or watched, or something may have brought you to church, maybe some soul winning with it may have brought you to church, but you have to understand that the garden was planted and man was planted in the garden that God had planted. So God knows that man will not be able to function effectively outside the garden. That's why he created a confined garden and put man in there. Praise the Lord. Is it powerful already? So the church is supposed to be our operational room spiritually. Because God who formed us knows where we can function best in this life. And that is why we call our church our ordained garden. Because it is not just our choosing. But it is God who has ordered our steps into this place, which is our appointed place, and our ordained garden. And here, God says, we shall prosper. Praise the Lord. So, if you read verse 9, He says, And out of the ground made the Lord to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. So, man's blessings were in the garden that God planted him in. I mean it's so consistent that in Psalm 92 verse number 13 it's talking about a church. He said those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So we are plantings here. God has planted us in a garden. A garden needs plants. Praise the Lord. We are the trees of righteousness. So God has planted us here. Tell somebody, this is my ordained garden. I didn't choose to be here. God planted me here. Verse 8. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward. That's why he's put this church here in Medina estate. Some in Finland. And it's going to spread everywhere. And there he put the man. He's going to put some people there. Anybody who God has not put in the keeper's house, we don't want. Yes. But not everybody has been put here. We only want the people God has put here. Yes. Because if God has not put you here, when you come, you will cause deforestation. In the garden. You'll be cutting the trees and burning them for charcoal. <laughs> You'll be doing saying in the garden because you have seen some gold here. Meanwhile, the gold is not to be mined. Yes, the trees are supposed to be preserved. So if you have not been planted here, you come here, you see people, you can't tolerate them. Adam was very fine with all the animals in the garden. There was no trouble at all. Because the, the animals were planted there and Adam was planted there as well. So, there was that friendliness and the synchronization of their, their their beings. There was some telepathy. Very powerful, praise the Lord. If you have not been called to be here, you will be a nuisance here. But if you have been called to be here, even when you are to be offended, you feel fine because this is your ordained garden. I mean, some of you have lived in your house. I know mosquitoes chew you from that window, but you have not left today. Yes, because you call that place your father's house. And until you marry, you have been there. Hey. When God gives you a garden, you have to understand that it's a spiritual planting of the Lord. Then in verse number 15, he said, this garden that God gave, God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden. Hey, he put him there, not only to eat, but he said that I have blessed you, I've given you provision, but now I need you to begin to have responsibility. Is it powerful? Before man was created, every provision was on ground before he landed. And this is what God did. God put seed into everything he created for man. So man met an initial provision, which I might call the principal capital, which was the garden. Grass cutter was there, banchin was there. Everything for his food. And God said, It shall be food for you and herb. Now, if you read verse number nine, you'll find out that everything is there. I'm just telling you what God did. So he said, and out of the ground made the Lord to grow, made the Lord to grow. Every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food and tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So God made out of the land to grow. That's why your marriage will grow from here. Yeah, your business will grow from here. Because this is your spiritual ground. I don't care who has disappointed you somewhere, but once you are in your ordained garden, things must grow from that ground for you. That's why you must be loyal to your church. I'm just telling you. If you are loyal to a church that God has not ordained for you, things don't grow from that ground for you. And whatever grows there doesn't have the reproductive element. Hi can I start preaching this at all? So, from that ground, whatever grew, God placed seed in the fruit. So, you see some phrases like, seed bearing fruit, seed yielding tree. So, what God did is that, I've given you a capital, enjoy that one, then, From that level, I want you to discover the seed in the fruit that I've given you and let everything produce after its own kind. Now, everything producing after its own kind is not an automatic process. You and I know that. And so, man was to discover the seed from the capital. So, when you come here, There is a certain level of sovereign provision for you. Everybody has it. You were sick, you entered here without work. God just healed you. You were depressed, you entered here without even being a member. God touched you. But for your stay here, you need to understand what I'm teaching today. He said the garden cannot continue to work for you. Until you become loyal in these two realms. Dress it. Keep it. Verse 15. That's your first duty of what? Loyalty. I've shown you the first benefit of loyalty last week. That is God blessed. So that is first benefit. It's your blessing. Your first duty is to dress it. God put him into the garden to do what? Dress it. Say, my first duty is to dress the garden. My second duty is to keep it. (laughs) It's a powerful, hey, it's joy. So, today I'm talking about the first duty. Every one of you who has been called to this keeper's house, you must marry this church. You see, there's somebody who will say that, Presby is my church. No matter the dancing you dance around the person with your summer sorting, acrobatics, do your prophetism, do everything, give him everything. He will say, thank you for blessing me, but my church is Presby. <laughs> they can't even come for all night, but they say my church is what? Presby. Be. Because they believe that God has put them there. Now, those of you who are listening to the message today, you are not listening to this message by chance. You are listening to this message because God is directly telling you that this is your ordained garden and he has put you here, even if today is your first time. Because the steps of a good man, they are ordered by God. And God knows why he ordered you here today to listen to this message. Preach to somebody say God is talking to you. That this is your ordained garden. So it's time to begin to dress it. Marry it. Dress it. Decorate it. It's powerful. Tell somebody it's powerful. So your first duty of loyalty is to dress your garden. Dress your garden. What does it mean? Here in the garden, we see that God himself is the pastor of the church. (laughs) God is the pastor of Adam and Eve. And the congregants are Adam and Eve. So God is a pastor in the garden. And the congregation is who? Adam and who? Eve. And so that's why God is talking to the congregant. He's talking to Adam. So, when we say the first duty of loyalty in your church is to dress it, what we mean is that the first duty of loyalty is for you to beautify your ordained garden. First of all, you beautify the ordained garden with your presence because you are the embodiment of the glory of God. You are the embodiment of the beauty of God. Psalm 149 verse 4 says that God says that he will beautify you with salvation. So you have already been beautified with salvation. Praise the Lord. So the beauty of God is upon you. So when you are in your garden, the first thing in doing in dressing your garden is to be there. Is to what? Yeah, it used to be there. A garden is not beautiful. We define the beauty of a garden by the flowers in there. The different, different flowers. Two of us. Yeah. And the way the grass has been cut. And the kind of grass that is there. What is in the garden is what determines the beauty of that garden. So, God had in mind a beautiful church. In Ephesians 5, 25 to 27. The Bible makes us understand that husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. I mean this is the introduction and you got to follow me. 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So Christ is sanctifying and washing the church and cleansing it with water and the word like I'm preaching now. And he's giving us a relationship between himself and the church as husband and wife. So in verse twenty-seven it says that that he might present it to himself, a glorious church. Somebody say glorious church, glorious. not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So your loyalty in the church is what is what will make the church whole. Apart from what Christ is doing consistently your loyalty in the church is what will make the church holy and without blemish. A church has blemish when it has disloyal members. A church becomes unholy. Why unholy? Unholy because the church is unable to perform the purpose or God's agenda for that particular denomination because it doesn't have people who see themselves as the glorious church Christ wants to build. So, if you are disloyal, this church becomes unholy. For example, if we say we are doing training and you don't show up. And we are doing something to glorify God. And Because you didn't show up, you are not able to do it in our level. And then it brings something, a sport. On what we are doing. And that drives somebody away. So, God is coming for a glorious church a beautiful church is it clear without wrinkle, spot without blemish and loyalty is what makes a ministry whole when you are not loyal to your church you destroy the agenda of god for the season it's powerful very very powerful so this is a reason why beauty in the church is important because God is not looking for a church that is ugly. He's looking for a beautiful church. That's why he told Adam that dress the garden because the garden will not be beautiful by itself all the time. Somebody must be pruning the trees, must be cutting the lawn. Somebody must, are you following here at all? Dress it. It's a way to dress the church. How we appear, how we behave in the community. How we relate internally and externally. is the dressing. When people come here, what kind of spirit do they see here? When you are giving a soul to follow, do you assume the spirit of loyalty or always your personal agenda and personal business is what has consumed you? Some people are never loyal. And if you join the church, you add a new dress in the wardrobe. And you are adding some flavor to the wardrobe. Praise the Lord. So tell somebody to dress the church. Beautify the church. All right. So, that's the first thing. God has in mind a beautiful church. Number two, the outpouring of the spirit in the last days which started... Um, on the day of Pentecost, was for God to decorate the church with beautiful gifts from the Holy Spirit. I'm just telling you from God's perspective. He is coming from a glorious church. And the way he started the glorious church in the New Testament is that he said, I will pour out my spirit. And he poured his spirit. And on that day, he decorated the church with beautiful gifts. Speaking in tongues. From that outpouring, all the ministries were given. He gave gifts unto men. Some apostles, some prophets, some pastors, teachers, and evangelists. Praise the Lord. That was God's decoration. The gift is what God used to decorate the church. And in all the gift, we see the nature of Christ manifested in different ways, in different ministries and giftings. Are you following now? That's why we are wired differently by the same spirit. Different operation, the same spirit. Different ministration, the same spirit. So, it, the giftings in the church makes us beautiful. And God decorated the church with giftings. So God owns the garden. Tell somebody God owns the garden. And now tell somebody God owns the church. Now, so God owns the garden, but we beautify the garden with our gifts. The garden belongs to God. The dressing is our duty And we dress the garden with our unique giftings, talents, potentials, and our personality. So you see that in Ephesians 4, 11 to 12, the Bible is talking. And he's saying that, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. That's why this morning I'm teaching. The gift he gave, the reason was for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. The gift was for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. Everything God gave you is for you. The ministries he gave, apostles and all of that, is to perfect or equip you for the work of the ministry. Not for selling Gary by the roadside, For the work of the ministry. There are not supposed to be commerce and all those things in that test. For the perfecting of the saint, for the work of the ministry, that the body of Christ might be edified. Praise the Lord. So, I'm a pastor. I'm pastoring you to perfect you as in to empower you to equip you for the work of the ministry so that you will edify the body of Christ, the garden. So you will see that in the garden, God was visiting Adam on a daily basis to relate with him. It was to refresh him and empower him so that Adam will edify whatever was in the garden, the animals, the trees, he will the energy, the life he received. He was supposed to give that life to them. Praise the Lord. Tell somebody your gift is to beautify the church and the ministry. Hey, so you see that people who are in church that God gives gift, gifts to, and they use it in the secular world without the church profiting, they get destroyed with time. I'm preaching. Oh, have I started preaching? most people discover they are gift in church, or who God has made them in church, but they don't stay in church, and God makes them know that outside the garden is not your proper place. So, if you stay outside the garden with a gift that is supposed to be a blessing to the garden, you be, you depreciate. You depreciate with time. You get depleted, Because a gift is like you are being spent. And so, if there is no room spiritually for you to be replenished, then you'll be eating and you'll you'll be sir. Yeah, you'll be eating and then you'll be gone. That's why you see people who do not manifest in their spiritual place, they can shoot up in the secular world, but after a while, another person shoots up. Another person, they don't have relevance, and, and they, they don't have perpetuity in operation. But I'm here, you look at me, in the next 40, 50 years, you'll still see that I am still fresh. Because in Psalm 92, there's something like, my horn has thou exalted, and you have anointed me with fresh oil. That's why you have to be loyal to your garden. <laughs> it's powerful. Nobody should beg you to stay in your church. No offense should take you out of this place. Whether I follow you up or I don't follow you up or you know that this is where I've been planted. This is my black soil. I cannot be in clay soil because the banshee will not bore in the clay. It's not everywhere that you flourish, oh you. you have to understand that. So you see that your gift grows in this ordained garden. It grows. But when you go there, you are like Whitney Houston. She is even dead and gone. Sissy Winers is still singing. And they used to sing together in the church. Sissy decided that I will beautify the kingdom of God, my church, with my gifting. And Whitney decided that she will litter around. And thank God for Bobby Brown. There is always a Bobby Brown there. Who will show you love and that love will pepper you. So I'm telling you that Mary from the church, our gift must beautify the ministry of our heavenly father on earth. You yourself, you are the gift to the body of Christ. You see, like as I am here, I've got giftings in me. I can do some few things based on what God has put in me. Praise the Lord. So, the gifts in me, they are, for some people, that is what they see. And so, that's why they address me. Some call me Pastor Francis. Some call me Prophet Francis. It depends on how you encountered me. Some even think I'm a counselor. Because when I sat with them, I just talked, talked, talk, talk, and then it was a blessing to them. They've never seen me preach before. So, they say, oh, I went to see some counselor there. <laughs> so jesus asked who do people say i am some say you are jeremiah you are this you are this you are this okay you too by your encounter who do you say i am so people see god from different angles that's why some call him he's a good shepherd some call him el shaddai some call him jere because he provided for them so you see that throughout the bible how people encountered god determined how they connected with god so, where he provided, they called him Jared. Praise the Lord. Where he healed, they called him what? Rafa. Where he shepherded them, they called him Roy. So, when you have giftings, people will encounter you differently. And uh, But when you grow from your spiritual place, what God has given you, and the measure God has given you can grow. When you grow in your usefulness to God, and God keeps adding to you, and growing your quality, you yourself become the gift. No longer somebody who is gifted, but you become a gift to the body. That's why all the officers are gift to the body. Praise the Lord. Not just somebody who is gifted, but you have become a gift. Like, for example, Benin has a miraculous and a healing gift. But it has grown from he having the gift and he has become a gift to the body of Christ. So, he himself has become the gift. So, there's a way that when you stay in church and become effective in the hands of the Lord, God uses you as a dressing, as a gift gift on the church. So, we know the church by this gift. Yeah, some people, when you say Christ embassy, they say, what church is that? Except you say, the church Synatch attends. They say, oh, okay, so Synatch has become a gift of beautification for the church. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Is it powerful? Yes. Some people know some men of God. They don't even know they are churches. They only know the name. So when you mention the church, you say, oh, what church is that? But when you mention the name of the pastor, this is that pastor. Say, oh, okay. So he's become a gift to that. He's the, he's the beautification of the house. Praise the Lord. It's become like a landmark, beautifying that community, like our church is in this community. Praise the Lord. Is God saying something here. So, I said this to say that we beautify or we use ourselves to beautify our heavenly father here on earth. We are the branches of the vine to beautify the vine here on earth. So, when we are talking about being loyal, your loyalty is first to God, praise the Lord, and God has planted you in the garden. So, when you are blossoming and becoming beautiful, the first direction is vertical. My loyalty is to God, so I'm in this church because God put me here. And so, whatever happens here, I consider God first because he's the one who put me here. I don't see man first. I see God first. Praise the Lord. And whatever I'm supposed to do in this church, I have to do it first of all, ministering unto my heavenly father first here on earth. So when I'm singing, it's unto God. First, I'm ushering; it's unto God. That's why when somebody steps on your feet, whilst you are assuring because it's unto God you can only say aji in a style and not confront the person because it's unto God Jesus took slabs did he say anything because it was unto what yes they spat in his face but because that ministry was unto God it was to beautify the father and the ordained garden for Jesus was the earth For God so loved the world that he gave his only be. He gave him to the earth. The world, the people here. And he came to beautify the father. It is Jesus who brought us the revelation of this eternal father. Praise the Lord. So he said, if you see me, you have seen my father. Question is, when we see you, have we seen Keeper's house? This is God's remo. Are you ministering unto God? Act 13 verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Verse number 3. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Verse number 4 is interesting. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Spirit, Departed unto Seleucia, and from then, sailed to Cyprus. So, God says, separate them unto me. Verse number three. When he says, separate them unto me, in verse number two, number three, they fasted and prayed, and they laid hands on them. Then watch what the Bible says. And they sent them away. Men laid hands on men, God says, separate unto me, and sent them. And verse number four says that. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost. Being sent forth by what? Did he say being sent forth by God? Hello? Did he say being sent forth by God? God said separate them unto me. They laid hands on them and sent them. And Bible says that God sent them. That's why I'm saying that if you are truly called, I am the one to send you. And it's when I send you that you can say God has sent you and separated you unto himself. Now you sending yourself. You have to understand Bible. Some of us send ourselves. <laughs> and your boast is in the fact that I've been separated unto God. God has called me. But when God calls you, look at the process. Man must fast, lay hands on you, and send you. And it is the fasting, the praying for you, laying hands on you, and sending you. That's what is called the release process. So your man of God must release you. Then God will acknowledge that he is the one who has sent you. But when you release yourself from here, no, you're on your own. I said, that if you are here listening to this message, God brought you here to tell you that you are planted here. That amen didn't come out. So even Adam, when he messed up, it was God who sent him out. Out of the garden. Don't try to send yourself out. Don't try to send yourself out. And when God was sending him out, He put a redemptive cover around him. He said, you are going out there, you will suffer, but I have also done something good for you. And what I have done for you will help you survive there. So he killed an animal and used the cover of the animal and the blood of the animal to cover him. Instead of the leaves, Adam used to cover his nakedness. When you send yourself out there with leaves covering you, when the leaves wither, do you have a dress? That's why you, you, you left the keeper's house and you were still looking like green. <laughs> the leaves were still green. But after a while, when the weather conditions, economic conditions, marital conditions, we call them the cares of life. When they started engaging you, sun rain, <laughs> day and night, you realize that the leaves that were green were becoming brown. And after a while, they became chan-chan-chan-chan and then they became like dust. And then everywhere was very naked. Hey. But if God kills an animal. Uses the blood on you. And puts the skin of the animal on you. Let rain shine. Let rain fall. Let the sun shine. Morning, evening. As the days are going. The leather is becoming better. So don't send yourself out, oh, you'll be here and then you'll be missing. Then you go out and then trouble beat you and then you start coming back, the great return. Tell somebody be loyal to the house. Sometimes some things become so attractive unto you out there and you feel like jumping out there. There is nothing out there that is not here. Why are you looking for something that is not missing? Why? Verse 2 of Act chapter 13. It says that. And as they ministered to the Lord. They ministered to who? Talk to me. They ministered to who? Now I tell somebody your ministration. Is first and foremost. Unto the heavenly father. So our gift must beautify the ministry. Of our heavenly father. Here on earth. Not in heaven. Here on earth, we minister unto the Lord. You become the beauty of His ministry because the earth doesn't know God's ministry. Jesus said, If you see me, then the kingdom of God has come. So I'm the beautification of the kingdom. When I step out, they say that beautiful are the feet of them that bring the good news. You are the beautiful feet. The world will recognize if they have to recognize a father. And that should come from your ordained garden. You should be loyal to the church. And that is a sign that you are loyal to the father. And then you are loyal to the leadership of the house. Tell somebody if you don't have loyalty. You are nothing at all to the father. Especially if you are not loyal to God. Tell somebody, God first. So, after understanding that your gift must minister unto God and beautify, be a beautification program or gift on the table of God here on earth, there's a second thing to note. Our gifts and our lives must beautify the ministry of our pastors. It must do what? Your gift, your person must be a beautification on the ministry of your pastor. And why do I say so? God was the pastor of Adam in the garden. And Adam was supposed to dress the garden. Which belonged to the father. So the beauty of the garden was the duty of Adam but the credit went to God. Because Adam's duty to dress a garden but people did not say Adam's garden is beautiful. They said God's garden is beautiful. Praise the Lord. And as Adam was doing that Adam also became like a second-tier pastor (laughs) to Eve and the animals and the trees. And they were also supposed to respond to Adam. So, God said that Eve's desire shall be the man. Whilst Adam focuses on what God called him to do. So, the animals were giving birth to replenish Adam. Eve was also giving Adam some kind of feeling. Praise the Lord. So, if you are in a church like this your life must become a gift of beauty on the ministry of your pastor. Eve was doing everything possible to make sure Adam was complete. And Adam was making, doing everything possible to make sure that the garden of God was also complete and beautiful. Now, the reason why we minister to God and we must beautify the ministries of our pastors is because God's work is done by his men. The father is served through them as well. He's served. You serve the father through serving your pastors. Because God's work here on earth, they are done by his men. The men that he has called into the ministry. So, if you want to beautify God, it is just simple logic that you beautify the men God has sent. And that becomes a beautification on God. A ministry unto God. That's why when you are ministering unto me, sometimes you find that I'm very rough. But you have to look to God to keep ministering unto me. If you keep looking unto me, you might stop ministering unto me. But if your ministry is unto God, you will keep ministering because I am not perfect. But God is perfect. And you are ministering unto me, Because, invariably, you are ministering unto a perfect God who has decided to use an imperfect man. So, if you look at my imperfection, you will never become a beautification on God through his man. Praise the Lord. And here, I'm not talking about immorality at all. Let me do the disclaimer. When you are serving a pastor and he's touching your breast, leave leave he's sleeping with you leave he's kissing you leave committing abortions with you leave he has not been called as your pastor. even if he was called as your pastor he has backslided and god has a better shepherd for you are you following here at all leave don't stay you go to hell how can you be in a church and the pastor is married and you are his concubine? And then you call the wife mommy. When it is visible that the man of God has deviated, that place becomes polluted for you. I mean, I'm saying that man of God can fall into sin. Okay? It, It has happened. But when he decides to swim in it like a fish, ha! somebody can be wet because he didn't have an umbrella. But when he decides to let the rain beat him to death, he cannot be your driver. So somebody falls into sin. We are not judgmental. But if he decides to be a prostitute, look at Solomon. He received wisdom from God. Then he fell into sin. Then he stayed in the sin until he had three hundred wives and seven hundred concubines. And those women turned his heart away from God unto idols. So imagine if that is your pastor. And spirituality is contagious. Immorality is contagious. Character is transferable. So, I'm just relaxing that you are supposed to, your gift must beautify your pastor. Because your pastor has been called by God to do the work of God here on earth. So, if, if, God's, if the pastor is not here, the work of God will not be done. So, if he's doing God's work and you have a mind to beautify God with yourself, you beautify God by beautifying the ministry of the man doing the work God himself would have done here. That's why you have to be loyal to your pastor and your church. Praise the Lord. Giving you biblical first duty of loyalty. Is to dress the garden. You need to be loyally following. To be made. To be what? To be made. That's why this is our month of loyalty. Some people don't have loyalty. That is why they have never been made. Yes. <laughs> it's powerful. Yeah. Some of you, you are chalote. Hey. And somebody will treat you uh, and leave you at some ball abbey Refuse stamp. But because you have decided to be a hidden chalote, you will never appear in certain quarters. Oh my God! That's why you are where you are. Yes, that's why you are where you are. You yeah, are where you are. You are a chalote. They don't only treat you. Hey, but to become somebody's artistic masterpiece, you need to follow. Then you'll be shaped. You see, the art, artist, that shapes the, the work. The work assumes the mental quality of the artist. Yes. If you leave the clay itself, it will be there and become dust. But when it touches the hands of a master porter, clay can become a nice jug. I'm showing you why you will remain where you are until you become lawyer. Nothing good is coming out of your life. But is one of the foremost battles the devil will give you is to ensure that you have a mentality never to become lawyer. Yes, because when you catch that virus, there is no transformation for you. You remain a clay that becomes dust. It never becomes any earthenware. That can be used in the palace. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) So, when it's time for you to be loyal, you always feel like it looks like I'm foolish. But you see, the foolishness of God in loyalty is still wiser than your wisdom. That is keeping you at that level. So when you see us following, following Pastor Francis, it's not like we are foolish, but there is something God has given him that can shape us. Yes. That can shape us and will shape us. Yes. Some people don't follow the right buttocks. They follow the wrong buttons. Yes. Ask <laughs> somebody, which bottles are you following? Yes. <laughs> Paul said, Paul said, eh? follow me, this but us. Ask me to follow Christ but us. So the man following Christ must be followed. By you, you have been called to follow Pastor Francis. And you are distracted. Something has diverted your attention and you are following somebody confusing you. That is why your life is headed for where it's headed for. You are not following the right bottles. Elisha followed the right bottles and got the double portion. Yes, you, I'm telling you. I know some of you you will never remember any of the scriptures I quoted, but the right bottles in here, ah, you remember forever. Yes. Hey. I tell somebody that the buttocks you follow is very important. Yes. Listen, eh, even in the natural, eh, some people have followed some certain buttocks, and their eternal savings have been depleted. Yes. If you follow a right woman who is your wife, your your investment will grow. You follow a concubine who is a prostitute. It's a wrong buttocks. Yeah. So tomorrow night, no, say buy car for me, yeah. buy house for me. Do this, yeah. do, this yeah. do this, do this. Hey, yeah. that's why your life is wasted. Following the wrong buttocks. Yeah. If you have a shepherd, you are loyal to God and this house. May every grace in this house cause your ground to yield fruit unto you. So, I don't care what is trying to disgrace you and your God. If you are loyal, God will prove himself glorious. Shout a louder, amen.
0: You have been listening to the testimony word broadcast from the Keeper's House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf of Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keeper's House Chapel International podcast and audio rima at reverend francis alban visit our website at wwwkeeper one word for further information call 0244-177-831 or 0204-916-168 or 0277-532-360 join us on Sundays at 7am for the first service 9 30 a.m for the second service and 11:30 30 a.m for the third service on wednesdays at 6 p.m for our midweek and communion service and on saturdays at 6 30 a.m for our morning flavor prayer services experiencing jesus Bethany ministries